Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Melody. I'm your co-host, Jennifer. And I'm your co-host, Holly. Today, we'll be discussing the very important issue of mental health for homeschooling parents. But before we get to that, how's everyone been since last time? Jennifer, how about you? We have been very, very busy. It's the holidays. There's a lot going on. In addition to that, though, my daughter and her husband and her baby just moved into our house. So we have been moving them. Yeah, they had through a series of events not under their control. He has a broken foot and she had to actually stop working because he can't drive and he can't take care of the baby and things like that. So they're moving in for a while, which is awesome. We, We adore them. We're happy to have them here and we're happy that they feel like they can be here. You know, that's a, that's a good feeling, but it is a lot. <laughs> it is because we are helping them move. My daughter's eight months pregnant. He can't walk. And, oh, wow. and so there's a lot of just physical. A lot on your to be done. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then you're rearranging to. And then, yeah. <laughs> and so I have felt this last week, like I'm just moving things to move things, to move things to another uh-huh. room over and over and over. And oh, over. and at the time of the year when, you know, you're decorating for the holidays yes. and everything else yes. is going on. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's all a positive thing. And, you know, they're 16 month old. My grandbaby is here and she's adorable and she so makes fun. it all worth it with her Mm. (laughs) so that's what's going on with us this week how about you holly well we've been busy with christmas preparations and going to christmas events we went to the trail of lights and we went to a lighted christmas parade and now i'm getting the decorations up so um, my son has been tasked every day after school gets done when he thinks ah I've got free time. He's been tasked into, oh, but we have these things to do. Like, <laughs> yeah. Help me with the outdoor decor and the cords yeah. and help me, which is great. And then um, we've been fostering a kitten that I talked about last time, this little Siamese kitten. And the next cat rescuer is coming to pick her up. So our job was to get her more friendly. She's super friendly now. And this person works with our uh, pals group in the nearby town to help, uh, you know, get pets spayed and neutered. And she's going to get the kitten um, spayed and get it at shots. And she's going to work at getting it adopted. So she'll be keeping it until it gets a good home. It's a beautiful Siamese kitten. I was really tempted to keep her. But my two cats, they get along great together. And whenever I've had another cat temporarily, my older cat is not very happy. So um, I don't need more expense and I don't need grumpy cats. So we're (laughs) just the temporary caretakers of her name. Is your last? I hope so. (laughs) The other cat that's outside, I got her fixed, the mother of this kitten. I got her fixed in July. So um, the only other cat I see sometimes is a cat that I know is a male cat, but he's so elusive. We call him Mysterio because we'll just see him (laughs) and I'll try to give him some food because I want to get him fixed too if I can, but he just runs off. So um, Princess Mia Thermopolis of Genovia is going to her new foster home today. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's mouthful. Yeah, well, you know, like uh, if you ever saw the Princess Diaries movie, you know, at the mm-hmm. beginning that the character played by Anne Hathaway is kind of a doesn't know she's a royalty. And I don't think this kitten has an idea like she's a coveted type of a cat, you know. <laughs> so, um, yeah. So anyway, she's going to be she's going to be leaving shortly. Melody, what about you? What have you been up to? Oh, I'm catching up. I've been busy catching up. We had a, I don't even know if I mentioned it. My husband had a, a small accident, had a big gash no. on his chin. Oh, no. 
Wait, and, was um, this after you said he hadn't gone to the, hadn't had to go to the hospital or anything? Um, that was probably well, it happened in November. So oh, in November. I, I don't know. There've been so many things going on. <laughs> Goodness. But, as you know, like an injury like that, it was it was really bad, and I was I was thinking we might have to go get stitches and a whole oh rigmarole. But cleaned it up, you know, steri strips were enough to pull it together. <laughs> it was oh, really really bad. I don't know if you've ever knocked into your shins, but they bleed everywhere, and so yeah. it was like a lot of hullabaloo getting that taken care <laughs> of. But fortunately, he just happened to have an appointment that afternoon with his podiatrist and so it's like okay hey, your shin is close to your foot right it's yes close it enough. is <laughs> so the podiatrist but it meant some follow-up visits he is diabetic and so there's always the mm-hmm. you know watching out for healing mm-hmm. it was just such a deep gash and fairly large and crazy the way it happened because it's always those you know you have routines to keep yourself safe Sure. And he did something slightly differently and a piece of medical equipment fell on him and just like oh. sliced open his leg. And it's like, uh-huh. well, how, after we take care of it, it's like, how did you even do that? <laughs> That's adding <laughs> insult to injury when your medical equipment hurts you. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Yeah. Very true. But that's all settled down. It just meant there were a lot of extra things that needed to be that just got inserted into the whole holiday hullabaloo. It was fine and he is fine and he's healing up extraordinarily well. And so all of that's been good, good, but little traumas like that kind of throw you off your game. Mm -hmm. They do. uh, I think that's why I was probably late the last time we got together. I think that oh. just happened. It's like, I was just like, not on top of things. <laughs> but well, life has a way of intruding, but you know, we learn how to roll with it, don't we? <laughs> we do. And we've had to roll with so many things. I ought to be a pro at that by now, but you know, it's just like, okay, here's the next thing. Let's, what should, what are we going to do about it? And we did and everything turned out fine, but that's what we've been up to. Those extra visits, just, I had other things planned that had to get rearranged and that's just life, you know, just, yeah, you can't prepare for accidents really. Well, you kind of do, but when they happen, then you're like, man, I've got to rearrange a half mm-hmm. a dozen things, <laughs> <laughs> but we're good now. Well, let's get into our topic today. I know a lot of times your mental health is not the first thing you think of when you decide to go ahead and start homeschooling. And as you go along the way, some things get challenging and you start to realize you need maybe more support or some days are just hard. And I've seen a lot of parents posting for asking questions, you know, asking for help. What do you do on these hard days? And so we want to talk today about the kind of things that we've gone through and solutions that we found and ways that you might make this job easier on yourself. Does anybody want to jump in first with a story? With a story? Story time. (laughs) Well, I, I remember when I first began homeschooling, I um, had four kids at that time. Two were school age, kinder and second grade, and I had a three-year-old and an 18-month-old. And then, as if I wasn't having enough challenge in my life, I got pregnant with my fifth child. So we were doing all the changes at one time. And then at the end of that school year, my husband lost his job. So um, I felt I, I spent a lot of time at lunchtime in my bedroom crying on my bed. Yeah, because I was so overwhelmed and I felt really Mm -hmm. isolated. We had one car and my husband had to have it most days. So I was home all day, every day with little children. Yeah. And, you know, I 
I couldn't have the outlet of calling a friend because I was now I was a homeschool teacher. You know, I had a new job I had signed up for. (laughs) (laughs) So I I felt really isolated and I felt um, and we had money challenges. So I had to do a lot of things for myself. I couldn't pay people to do things. Right. So um, my mental health was sometimes not the best. You know, Mm -hmm. I felt sometimes felt a little sad or a little depressed. I wasn't it wasn't a mental health issue where. I had, um, you know, a diagnosed condition. That's a different right. thing. I was just temporarily in in the doldrums. Yeah. Um, you know, I think, um, and I think a lot of people go through those things. And, I think so. Yeah. Well, and because you were new, you weren't really connected to the homeschool community yet. Right. Exactly. Yeah, I didn't have support. And people around me, uh, you know, we were having to tell them and teach them about what homeschooling was. Mm-hmm. Like my in-laws were... They, yes. My mother-in-law said, are you going to have books? Yeah. So we're like, oh, no, we got to educate the the grandparents. Family. Right. I knew a, a couple homeschoolers, but there weren't that many at my church. So, you know, there was also that. And that was that it was a long time ago when homeschooling wasn't even technically legal in mm-hmm. Texas. So we kept a low profile. Like we didn't go mm-hmm. out during the day a lot like people do now. Yeah. Um, and there was a support group, but it was once a month and you had to drive somewhere to it. Um, so I couldn't always go. So, yeah, I was I was kind of isolated. And I decided at that time that if I could help anybody to avoid that, I would. Yeah. And so a few years later, I got involved in mentoring new homeschoolers. Mm-hmm. I think the key is when you feel like that, you know, getting connection. Yeah. Help you absolutely. get out. Of, you know, I'm sure that y'all both have similar stories at, for different parts of your homeschooling. Yeah, absolutely. I And I also, you know, it's normal. It's feeling, you know, having a, a bad day or even a bad month or going through a period of time where you're feeling overwhelmed. Everyone is going to feel that at some point during their homeschooling experience. And like you said, when I, I had tons of young children all at one time, and that in itself, even if you have a support system, being at home all day with young children is very isolating. And, you know, you don't have other adults there with you to talk to and it's exhausting and somebody needs something from you all day long, every minute of the day. And Mm -hmm. that can become pretty overwhelming. So I've definitely been through that many different times throughout the years. I just want to express to like new homeschoolers or even, you know, people who've been doing it a while that it's okay to feel that way. That doesn't mean your homeschooling is not working for you, that it's a Oh, a that's such thing. a good point. I'm glad you said that because I think some people would say, oh, I must not be doing this right. Uh, it's probably not for us. Right. Right. Yeah. And I've heard that. I'm not cut out for this. It's hard and it is hard some days. And yeah, like it when people like work outside of the home, you also have bad days sometimes or rough patches or rough periods. Mm -hmm. Or when kids are at a public school, they have days that aren't great or they go through periods where it's overwhelming. So it's not any different when you're at home with your kids. But I think that as homeschool parents, we tend to put a lot of that pressure back on ourselves. We don't just Mm -hmm. say, oh, it's just a bad day or things are just rough right now. We, you know, put too much pressure on ourselves to fix that, I think. Um, Or we take the blame for it. Like it's our fault. We were the cause, you know, right. And nothing is further from the truth. If you have a bunch of little kids, the chances are that there's going to be some problem every day. That's just yes. part of raising people and, and teaching them to be civilized human beings, <laughs> right. you know, but it's not your fault. It's just 
their developmental stage. Learning about those things actually can be very helpful. Yes, I agree. Very helpful because sometimes I feel like we might not have learned the tools we need for homeschooling from our own childhood. Like if our if your parent wasn't homeschooling you and you were gone most of the day, like you might not have gotten the same training about relationships with your siblings. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know, things like sharing and doing jobs around the house. And you just didn't have the opportunity to rub shoulders with each other all day long, every day, mm -hmm. forever and ever. And so like, we just almost need a different set of skills to help yeah. the children learn how to get along. And so some of that for me was like you said, Holly, learning about child development, learning about learning styles. Does what you've chosen to use for your educational method, does that fit your goals? And does that fit the way your family is learning and wants to learn? I find a lot of people that they're, they've chosen, as an example, chosen a pretty rigid curriculum and they're right. freewheeling people. And so like, they are not happy. It's not right. a match. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Square peg in a round hole. Kind right. Of it's like, not, well, maybe yeah. try, you know, sometimes you do step, take a step back and look and see like, what, what can I do to make this more pleasant? I mean, mm -hmm. some things like, for example, things that we can do to avoid getting to that place would be, do you have a routine? A lot mm -hmm. of people don't think about things like, um, well, I think people do think about the routine because they're trying to figure out how to get all this in. But like, even the way you organize your house, are you making it work for you mm -hmm. or is your house working against you? Are things hard to get to? Are things hard to put away? Do you have yeah. too many toys all around everywhere? I mean, what things are causing stresses? Right. And those are things we can do something about. So that's one tiny way to start making your home work for you and support you instead of working against you and mm -hmm. making you stressed out. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. And I think that that also can tend to be isolating because if you can't leave the house because your house isn't organized or you you haven't got a good routine and so things take way longer than they, they have to, then you can also feel isolated because you can't get involved in things. Mm -hmm. You know, like right. there's a delicate balance, you know. Um, we want to keep a house that prevents us from getting sick we don't want we don't want a house to go to wreck and ruin but also we we don't want to be slaves to the house right so i think a lot of people also come into homeschooling and they maybe didn't have those tools of how to keep a house or a routine i remember my sister-in-law telling me uh she had a stepson who didn't live with them except in the summer and she had a daughter and i used to think i don't know why she can't get anything done she just has one kid but now i know so mea culpa because um, i only have one right now but she said that because her mom did everything and my mother-in-law is the best person i know i love her dearly but she didn't ask her kids to do chores right so my sister-in-law said that every day she got up and she she's trying to figure did out everything yeah what to do and uh, when to do it and how often that'll wear you out mm -hmm. yeah and so i think you know that that's another issue that tends to create isolating feelings like if you were a work outside the home parent and your kids were in public school and now you decide to homeschool well everybody's lives changed in kind of a big swoop mm -hmm. and then you know you never did this before so you don't know right like, what day should i be doing this thing or how long should this uh social studies lesson take or whatever it's a lot to figure out so especially during that first year you may feel like man I, I'm feeling kind of overwhelmed and isolated mm -hmm. and frustrated, but it's it's temporary. It is. Mm -hmm. That's a good thing to keep in mind. It's temporary. So one thing, you know, we we're talking about feeling isolated. And when I had all those little kids and, and 
I know y'all have talked previously about teaching your kids to do things around the house, but mm-hmm. sometimes I think that homeschooling parents and, and I would say really particularly moms feel like they just have to do everything. They got to yeah. do all lesson plans. They got to do all the meal plans. Yeah. They got to make sure, you know, you have people in your house with hands and feet and mm-hmm. they can learn skills. Mm-hmm. And nice. the more you teach them to do things and get some stuff off your plate, the less you're going to feel that isolated, overwhelmed. Yes. Oh my gosh. What did I, did I bite off more than I could chew feeling? I think it's pretty easy for homeschooling parents to fall into that feeling because Mm -hmm. you do, especially if this is new for you and you've changed your life, you do feel like you're taking on every role in the household all at one time because you're the teacher, but you're still mom or dad and you're still, you know, cook and driver and all of the things, but also have a full-time job teaching at this point. So I think the feeling is pretty immediate when you start homeschooling that you feel like you are having to do everything, but you're absolutely right that you need to utilize everyone in your house. Even your youngest Mm -hmm. children can help. And you learning as the homeschool parent to delegate to other people in the house is good for everybody. It's, it's, you will feel less isolation and, and less stress, but it's also great for the kids. They're learning to take on responsibility and that's really positive. These are all skills they need. They mm-hmm. need to know. And they also, for us, it was like the people in the house that made the mess get to help clean it up. So that Hallelujah. was Hallelujah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not through with that job until you've put up the tools you use to do that job. And uh, like just the other day, I was at my daughter's and one of my grandchildren was like, oh, great. I'm through school. She's like, well, actually, you're not through until you put your books away. And then you're through. I was like, Yes, yeah, one last part step. Of, yeah. <laughs> part of teaching them how to look behind. And then the more they're the more aware they are of that overall, I think the less mess they made as they were in progress. Like because the, they knew they were gonna have to clean it up at the end. And mm-hmm. I didn't have a problem with like, sure, some of these great activities do make a mess, but clean up is part of the fun. Well, maybe it wasn't <laughs> part fun, of the but it's part of, yeah, but <laughs> it's part of the activity. And so that just yeah. became a habit. And I think that in the beginning, we there are so many habits to get started and yes. to form. You do. You feel like you're just juggling all these things because you are. But like you mentioned, it is a temporary overwhelm. Mm-hmm. You do work your way through it. And, uh, and you, because it's all new to your family, your family may not necessarily know how to help you. So that's oh, why you need to learn to to express that to your children and your spouse. Like, for example, I think this is a dynamic that happens a lot is that a homeschool, whoever's at home doing the homeschooling is also parenting after the other spouse is coming home from their day at the, at work. So you need to figure out what you actually need help with and to tell your spouse I need help with this because they're not going to know this is a whole new lifestyle for all of you. Mm -hmm. And they aren't going to know what to do to help you if you don't express that to them. That's right. The other other thing I would say is, so say that you're not a new homeschooler, say that you've been homeschooling for a while. You know, you started off with a baby and a kindergartner and that's a couple of years Mm -hmm. later you have, and now you have another baby. So your life, you may be homeschooling for a while, but you may run into something that's new. Yes. Mm-hmm. Maybe you start working from mm-hmm. home. You've been homeschooling yeah. for a while, but now you're juggling another ball. As your life changes, your kids get older, something happens, you take on a job in or out of the house, then, you know, again, you can't keep doing everything yourself and you may have right. to make changes yes. because you can't, what do they say? You can't put new wine into old wine, old skins, wine skins, right? Mm-hmm. Um, 
because it won't work anymore. So you can't keep trying to keep the same thing. And that's, that's another thing. It's like, I like my routines Mm -hmm. and they are very helpful, but the routines aren't in charge of me. I like the style of homeschooling we do. And I think it's a great fit for us, but it's not the boss of me. Right. These are tools for me. And if those Mm -hmm. tools aren't working, I can get a new tool or I can change the tool. And so I think that's the other thing is like, you know, if it's not working, it doesn't necessarily mean, again, that homeschooling is not working. Right. But something in your environment may not be working. Maybe you need to have dinner an hour earlier. Mm-hmm. Maybe you need to have dinner an hour later. Maybe you need to, you know, get a different curriculum. There are lots of reasons why something might not be working and you might be feeling like, ah, it's homeschooling. But it's it's most likely not homeschooling. It's right. just something in your environment that needs yeah. a tweak. Yeah. Right. Which is one of the reasons why it's so helpful to find your homeschooling friends, mm-hmm. because there were times when like I might express some frustration to someone who had no idea about homeschooling. And they seemed to think that that was the source of all problems, no matter right. what it was. I was like, no, it's not the homeschooling. This is just like a developmental stage that my kid is in. They're going to grow mm-hmm. out of this. But I very quickly learned like those were not the people with answers that would work. Because mm-hmm. they just wanted me to toss in the towel and quit homeschooling. So <laughs> right. Find, and, and they were trying know, to be helpful, but they weren't, they didn't understand. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, well, yeah. Right. Some people, some people, some people were not homeschooling pro- is a problem. No matter what. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, if you, know, you express your, that you're having a hard day and their answer is you should send your child to school, then they're probably the wrong person <laughs> to I, talk to. <laughs> take long to figure that out either but you know it's pretty easy now with Facebook and social media there are groups you Mm -hmm. can find if you don't have people in person or your friend like or a sister or somebody and you can find some people and I've seen some really helpful answers to some questions on some of these homeschooling groups people feel comfortable being you know open and honest some of those places have I've seen anonymous now you can post anonymously Mm yeah And so people are getting some good help. I really appreciate that the homeschool community comes together and says, oh, yeah, that's hard. And here are some things you can do. Yes. A good tip for that is if you don't feel comfortable actually going and asking questions in a group, you can utilize the search functions in any of those large groups and search for mental health topics. And then it'll pull up all the, you know, comments and conversations that have already been had in the group with lots of wonderful suggestions. Oh, that is a very good point, Jennifer. Thank you for bringing that up. I I do the search function for a lot of different things in my um, Charlotte Mason group because Mm -hmm. it's there's so many things going on. Yeah, it's hard to find what you need sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And if the group has been around a while, there are thousands of posts Mm -hmm. in there. Mm -hmm. It's kind of hard to wade back and find them all. But that's one good thing is like find find some people. And another thing I found helpful was to remember why. I'm doing this. Like yeah. on a hard day, I was like, okay, yeah. why, why am I doing this? <laughs> and just, you know, <laughs> sure. stop and yeah. think about, are we, we're doing this for important reasons. And I, I wrote them down. I mean, I'm a big list keeper anyway, but I wrote some of that down one day and I kept that little piece of paper handy because we were going through, well, we had to move and mm-hmm. I was expecting a baby and we moved into a house that wasn't really habitable mm-hmm. and, and, and there were all kinds of things. It was a right. particularly challenging year. And there was a day when I was standing in the dining room thinking, I think I'm depressed. <laughs> because oh. 
it just took me a while. I guess it was more like, I think I was depressed. Once I shook off the fog and could look back, I was like, oh, all these hard things happened all at once. And Mm -hmm. it was hard. And then I just kept slogging along and I had good friends who were checking on me. I think maybe my friends were more aware of how I felt than I was because I was so focused on getting all of these seven children, you know, educated. Yeah. And um, when you come out of the fog, you can look back and it's like, oh man, that was a hard time. Mm-hmm. But that's when I had that piece of paper that was like, yes, uh, this is a choice we made. Here are the reasons why. Here are our goals and are we reaching them? And we were. Mm-hmm. So it's like cause for celebration and like each step out of the fog got me, you know, further along and I started to feel better about things. But Mm -hmm. just to recognize like, yes, that's, that's not uncommon to feel like that with all those things happening. I don't really know how I got through it. You know, pregnancy brain, I don't remember some of it. (laughs) (laughs) It was like, it was terrible. Well, it was a mini trauma as well. I'm sure it was a bit traumatic. And we don't, little traumas, you know, uh, we don't remember all the details. I know like when my husband um, had his head injury in uh, 2002 and he started having seizures and he couldn't work for six months. And I had to, I was still homeschooling. My oldest daughter was in public school at the time, but I was homeschooling the other kids. I had to take my husband to appointments. We didn't know if he was going to get better. Mm -hmm. We were getting some assistance from the state and they required me to work 20 hours a week. And it was very stressful. Thankfully, you know, he got better. But when he got better, time for rejoicing, I spent the next six months crying about everything because I was Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. overwhelmed and stressed out. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, I think when you have those kinds of things that happen, you know, it it does take you down a bit and Mm -hmm. you might not even be aware. Like Melody said, I think my friends were more aware. That's why I try to watch out for other people. And and Mm -hmm. that's something that, you know, I think. If you've been homeschooling a couple of years or more, you've got something you can share with someone else and you've got, you can be a support for someone mm-hmm. else. But we, I think we really need to watch out for each other. Yeah. You know, I agree. And I think that's why it's important to try to build a community around yourself, you know, and have a support system of other homeschool parents, because, you know, a lot of times people are like, well, we don't need to go to park day or we, we can, we're doing our work at home. We don't need this, but this is why you need this. You need to go to things. Sometimes you need to meet other people Mm -hmm. and be able to connect with other people who are doing what you're doing. And if you don't take those, you know, on a good day, take those steps to go get involved Mm -hmm. in some things, you won't have that support system when you need it. That's true. Yeah. And sometimes getting outside Mm -hmm. is going to be a big solution to your problem. Yes. Yes. Um, You know, this time of the year, the days are short and you know, you're not, you're not getting as much sunlight. You're not getting Mm -hmm. outside as much because it's cold. Even in the summer, this summer, when we had these, whatever, 87 degrees, I'm sorry, 87 days of 100 100, or higher, Mm -hmm. we didn't get outside as much. And I started to feel kind of blocked. You can feel it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, so just for your your own mental health and physical health and your kids, even if you don't go to a park day, which I highly recommend because you get to talk to grownups. Yeah. Just go Mm -hmm. outside. Outside is really outside. important. You I can think. read your books outside. You can have your lunch outside. Follow the go go check out the one thousand hours outside. Yes, um, yeah. Ladies, There's so many uh, great stuff. ideas on there. Yeah, because because you can do a lot of stuff outside, mm-hmm. and it's good for you and your kids. 
I've always said uh, when people are having a hard day that my go-to answer always is if it's a hard day around here, we drop everything and we just go spend time outside and we can get back to everything else later. But that has always been the key for my whole household. If it's just not working at home, we just say, okay, tomorrow. And we go and hike or go to a park or just get outside. And it really does wonders for everybody. You're a very wise person. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We had that outside time built into every day. It's like Uh after they did things, they went outside and sometimes, you know how, well, just they didn't want to have to find their shoes to go outside. We lived where there are a lot of prickles and stickers and things. They had to wear shoes out there, but (laughs) I made them go outside anyway, even if they didn't really want to, even if it was cold, we would bundle up and go out at least for a few minutes Mm-hmm. and do something, collect wood or I yeah. know, I'd find something for them to do outside just for a few minutes. Cause like y'all said, that fresh air just can help reset. Yes. And you know, you might come in and maybe they're still a little grumpy and cold, but it was a reset. When they come back in, they can start over. Mm-hmm. And also with the change, you know, you were talking about it getting dark earlier and things like that. And that can be hard on people. It's harder to, you know, motivate yourself when it's dark at 430, you know, <laughs> um, but, but that might be the right time for you to look at changing up your schedule and your routine mm-hmm. a little bit and That's doing things at different point. times of the day. That's a really good point because there's nothing sacred about eight to three for school hours. Like you can right. do some of your stuff after after dinner. We weren't very good at that except for reading. You know, reading was easier to do mm-hmm. afterwards. And then we always scheduled our like if we were going to study constellations, we would do that in the winter because it gets dark earlier and it meant they could still see the stars before they went to bed. We didn't mm-hmm. really mess up our routine too badly, but. We would still find some things to do and also making the effort to just like if somebody's having a a party to go and meet some new people and especially those outside bonfires and things like that around Christmas, like go to the parties and go find the activities or start some. Like if you can't find or you don't know anybody, you can host something. That was another good way that I met people was just to have everybody just start something and invite some people over and then develop a group of friends from those whoever responded you know just to stick yourself out there a little bit find some friends the year is drawing to a close and you've got a lot on your plate this year give yourself the gift of more free time by using transcript maker to create your students high school transcript the time it takes to calculate grade point averages by hand is ridiculous with transcript maker you just plug your courses and grades into the template and the gpa appears like magic if only christmas shopping was so easy lots of families are traveling a lot more than usual right now and it's easy to misplace important documents but with transcript maker all your transcripts are held in the cloud safe and sound whenever and wherever you need them bank accounts are stretched thin this time of year but good news you can use our exclusive code HAPPY at checkout to save 20% off the cost of your subscription. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. In the year right, go to www.transcriptmaker.com. Transcript Maker. Simply better transcripts. And once you have developed that group and you have a good social group and can rely on people, it really can help you when you're having any kind of mental health issues because you can reach out for help. You are able to do that. But also there's concrete things like you can trade time with other parents. Like Mm -hmm. 
let them have your kids and then you take their kids so that everybody can have a, you know, a day to themselves or just go run errands or things like that. And, and even like in my homeschool group that I'm involved in, we take turns teaching the kids things. So, you know, I do certain subjects and somebody else does certain subjects and it's having that community really can take a lot of the stress off of you and, and make things less overwhelming. That's true. So did you start, you've got like your Facebook group is connected to your, your in-person group or did that, which came first? Mm. The chicken or the egg? (laughs) (laughs) I, I started park days out where we live a long time ago. So like 15 years ago, and probably we started the Facebook group shortly after that. But I will say that when you start those things, it's going to be slow. So don't expect Mm -hmm. some big, you know, 500 people showing up to park day it'll be one or two or three that's horrifying but it's slow it's a slow going thing and and then it's even more slow to find the people that you connect with personally because you can be involved in a lot of groups and be friendly and acquaintances but that doesn't mean that will be your support group you need to find the people that you resonate with that you actually feel you can support and they can support you and that that takes effort and it does take putting yourself out there. Yeah. And I think as a working from home mom and homeschooling, I have found that is challenging because I work and I support my family. I don't have as much free time to get involved in lots of different stuff. And in fact, I've made a choice to only involve ourselves in what I call low commitment activities, mm-hmm. which can help you from feeling overwhelmed. If you yes. if you sign up for something and you have to and you have pressure to show up and it's not working, that that just makes you feel more overwhelmed. So we go to parkour, which um, if we can't go, it doesn't affect. I mean, it does affect the coach because. Mm-hmm. He'll have less pay that day, but he's not only showing up for us. It's a a whole bunch of different people that come. Um, If we are signing up to do um, a craft class or something like that, if we can't go, we just we just let them know we're not going to participate today. It's not a big deal. Mm -hmm. We're not like barred from showing up for the next one. Right. Um, But but because I do those kinds of activities, it also means that sometimes we don't do those activities because of other things that are going on. Mm -hmm. I have a deadline, a new client, something. Mm -hmm. And so for me, I have found that some of my Facebook groups are my biggest support, particularly for the kind of homeschooling I do because I'm a Charlotte Mason homeschooler and I use Ambleside Online as my um, curriculum. That's a very specific subgroup. Yeah. But that group is where I find a lot of community. When I found some mm-hmm. four-leaf clovers in a in my Halliburton's uh, Book of Marvels the other day, I took pictures I of them that and posted book, them the to my group. <laughs> oh my gosh, we are so enjoying it. Amazing yeah, book. I opened up to, um, we were just reading the chapter on, I don't remember, Wonderland, which I don't remember what that is. Some is. We're reading in the Middle East right now. Anyway, but I opened the book and somebody had pressed these four leaf clovers. And so I posted it to the group and people were like, what? I feel like M&Ms when they saw Santa Claus, like they are real. And somebody else, (laughs) if you just keep looking, you'll find them. And, and, you know, here was my, my community, you know, where they could, they would celebrate with me about this silly thing that I found in a very old book that most people have never heard of, you know? So um, it's definitely important if you can't get out in person with people, which I do recommend you do um, Mm -hmm. as often as possible, find a good community online. Yeah, absolutely. 
substitute. So, you know, we've all been homeschooling a long time and I feel a, a lot of people have come to us for advice over the years. And I think people have reached out to me to talk about that feeling of isolation pretty often, mm -hmm. especially people who are newer to homeschooling and aren't involved in things yet. And a lot of times I feel like they're looking for like a magic overnight fix for that. And it doesn't work that way. You do have to be patient. You have to cultivate relationships and showing up consistently to things if you're able to is so important because, you know, if you, I, and I've had this with parents asking about themselves making friends and their children making friends. And they'll be like, well, we went to park day and, and my kid didn't make any friends or I didn't meet any moms. I'm like, you went to one park day. That's not mm -hmm. going to do it. You have to keep going. You have to, you know, one contact isn't going to make your support group, you know, that's hard for some people, but it's worth it. It's worth it for your kids and for yourself, your mental health, your well-being, all of it. I agree because we, we've been doing parkour for about two years now mm -hmm. and we, we go fairly consistently and there are a couple families there that we are connected outside of parkour. We may not go and do things, but we, you know, we might text each other or one of the one of the kids, we've gone to his birthday and their family, we've, we've done other things with them. So it does take time. Yeah. And, um, and, you know, if you can't go all the time to something, shoot for consistently going some of the time. Maybe you go mm -hmm. to yeah. the second and the fourth ones of each right. month and try to prioritize that. Because, yeah, you, you can't make relationships like microwaving them. It doesn't right. work that way. It's more like a crock pot and a stew. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> and also there it's important enough to make room in your routine for it. Like I have had people yes. like that if we do that we we won't get this school lesson done. It's like yes. we then yes. do it later <laughs> or combine two of them. Like this is really important. You need you yeah. need those connections with people. I mean it's just part of taking care of yourself, which mm -hmm. it's worth taking some time for. And I guess that's another yeah. thing too, is like figure out what you need to yeah. help yourself. Like some of us like to read books. I like to have a book to read or my needlework or some people like to need their workout, whatever mm -hmm. it is, make sure you work that into your days. For some people it's baking and cooking. I mean, they're all kind of things that nourish people and right. be aware of that and, and be sure you don't just put it to the side because now this important school thing is happening. It's like, no, that's mm -hmm. important too. You're important. So take care right. of yourself. Yeah, it's counterintuitive. And I know we've talked about this before, but when you're making your plan for how your day should go, you should plan everything else and then fit school into it. So um, <laughs> at the beginning of this, maybe not at the beginning of the school year, but at some point, I would say three or four months ago, I was talking to my middle daughter and I said, you know, I really want to do some kind of workout and I'm not, I'm not getting stuff done consistently. And then I started to think about my school day and my work day in a different way. And what I decided was, you know, when I start school with my son, that's the beginning of work. But before work, you know, a lot of people go work out before work. Yes, they do. And so I've started doing yoga. I found a, a 15 minute yoga series and I've been doing yoga, not every single day, but about three to five times a week before anything else. And then, and yeah. just recently this week, I started adding back in my French lessons because I love learning French. And I was like, why don't mm -hmm. I do this? And so um, school has to fit in after I've planned everything else. Right. And so it's really working out well. I'm getting more consistent exercise and I'm mm -hmm. feeling a lot better. Like 
physically the the endorphins you get from working out they've started to kick back in again where i'm like yeah. oh, i just feel overall uh-huh. you know Feels really good nice. yeah <laughs> and so um yeah but most people think oh my gosh you know school's so important and it is so important but they give that the precedence over everything yes. else yes right well you feel the weight of the responsibility mm-hmm. of the then it's important but since we're talking about learning lifestyles, it's part of your life. It's not the only yes. thing you do. It's not the mm-hmm. only important thing you do. And so, well, and your children are learning from watching you and the behavior mm-hmm. that you're modeling. And if you are never taking a break and never giving yourself time or never addressing your own mental health, they are watching that. And by modeling things like exercising or reading a book or, you know, relaxing, all of those things that your kids learn from that as well. Mm -hmm. And they're learning how to live their lifestyle. And when they watch you, when you model good behavior for dealing with mental health, they also learn those skills. Right. We say that we teach people how to treat us. Mm-hmm. But we're also teaching our kids how to treat themselves. If yes. they see a parent who never cares themselves and puts themselves on the bottom of the heap, when they're parents, they're going to replicate that. Mm-hmm. Right. I know I talked to a young mother one time who was trying to decide whether or not she wanted to homeschool and leaning towards no because of the way that it had affected her mother. And it was a kind of a light bulb moment for her when I just suggested she didn't have to do it the same way. Right. Like you can make it work for you. And what do you want it to look like? Mm-hmm. And and she went on. She's amazing. But she did have to figure it out. Like this for her, it was the opposite. She saw a model of what she didn't want. And so then she was making some changes. So it's important, like you said, like realize your children are learning how to treat themselves, how to take care of themselves, and that it's Mm -hmm. okay, and it's fine. I mean, that should be a normal thing to take care of yourself, Um, especially so that you have something out of which to care for your family. Yes. But along the way, like, I feel like we should talk about, you know, expect delay and expect the unexpected, like have a good plan, (laughs) but things are going to happen to Mm -hmm. throw you. And mm-hmm. to mess up your great plans or to mess up your routine or, you know, like we get off track and we're not doing our yeah. workouts like we meant to, or we get off track or other things happen and we turn around like, oh my gosh, you know, I haven't changed the sheets on the bed in a month. I mean, things just happen. And so yeah. mm-hmm. it's okay. Yeah. yeah, It's okay. It's okay. You can like just start again when you realize that you just yeah. start over. And um, well, sometimes when you're going through a hard time, it's hard to maintain those responsibilities. Yes. From 2020, whenever COVID started, March of 2020, I guess when we yeah. think about it here, to May of 2022, we lost four family members for different reasons. One was my nephew who passed away in 2020. He was only nine months old. Um, we lost my aunt and my cousin the next year. And then last year in May, my um, sister, who was directly after me, passed away. And I found myself... Uh, being sad. Um, and I, and at first I didn't realize it because, you know, you keep doing what you have to do, right. You still had mm-hmm. to make dinner and I still had to, you know, yeah. do work and whatever. But I, I realized I was sad uh, and slightly depressed because I'm the kind of person who likes to uh, celebrate all the holidays. Oh, it's new year's. Let's decorate the house. Let's have a party, you know? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's even like, 
even like silly things like Mardi Gras, I'll put up decorations for it. Now, you know, if it's Chinese New Year, I'll make Asian foods and make little placemats with everybody's Chinese zodiac symbol or whatever. And I realized like I didn't feel like doing that. I didn't want to do that. And especially when my sister died, sometimes I found myself sitting at my desk and I would just, I wasn't even consciously thinking about her and I would have tears rolling down my face. Yeah. I would realize I was crying. And, uh, and I told my son, and one of the things I, I want to tell people is like when you're going through hard times like that and, you know, and people still have to eat and you, you can't take time off as much as you might like acknowledging how you feel and telling mm-hmm. the people you live with how you feel is hugely helpful. So one day I told my son, he wasn't even 10 yet in 2022 when my sister passed away, he was playing some music um, and it was making me sad. And I said, Hey, you know what? Um, I, you can't keep playing that music today because something about it is making me feel really sad over my sister being gone. So please don't play that. I'm like, maybe another day it'll be fine. And he said, oh, okay, I'm sorry that you're sad. And I'm like, you want to give me a hug? That would make me feel a lot better. Right. Um, so, you know, just acknowledging, like sometimes we, we think if we acknowledge how bad we're feeling, that it's just going to send us down the wrong, you know, into the deep valley or something. Mm-hmm. But but for me, I, what I've noticed is if I, if I can name what's going on, like when I realized I was depressed after my nephew died, I was like, yeah, I oh my gosh, I'm depressed. And then mm-hmm. I, then I was like, okay, well now I know what, what's going on. Yeah. I can try to, I can try to help myself through it and just naming what was happening and telling somebody yeah. about it. That was a huge catalyst. I wasn't depressed where, you know, it was clinical depression. It was just, you know, I'm so sad that this happened and uh, you know, mourning somebody, yeah. I didn't even get to meet my nephew because mm-hmm. they live in Arizona and, you know, it was COVID time and he was a COVID baby. We hadn't even gotten to go out to meet him. Um, and I posted recently about him, um, you know, in memory of his passing. And I said, mm-hmm. just because I never met him doesn't mean I don't love him and I don't miss him. Yeah, I do miss right, him, right. you know, but being able to talk about that and recognizing it is a huge catalyst yeah. for getting out of it. I agree. And even you're talking about pretty large things, but even for small things, even if you're just feeling overwhelmed, being able to say, I'm feeling overwhelmed to Mm -hmm. the people around you is really helpful for you. It's helpful for them too, to understand how you're feeling and know how, then they'll know how to help you better. Oh yeah. Communication is definitely key. Sometimes we're not in touch with what's going on, Mm -hmm. which is why, you know, if you, if you realize like, Hmm, something's different. I don't feel like doing that thing I normally like to do mm-hmm. Then trying to figure out why that is. That's yeah. you know, ask yourself questions. A lot of people, I always say like, Oh, I'll give myself a stern talking to, you know, if I, if I slacked off on my workouts or something, I'll just have to give myself a stern talking to, but really, you know, spending time with yourself and thinking mm-hmm. about how do I feel about how this is going? And am I enjoying this? Am I prioritizing things? Just, mm-hmm. To, for your own good mental health, you need to spend some time with yourself and check in with yourself. If you're struggling with mental health, before we go, we wanted to give you some numbers that you can reach out to. The National Alliance on Mental Illness has a helpline. It's one 800 950 NAMI, or you can text HELPLINE to 62640. Both services are available between 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. We're also leaving a list of mental health hotlines in our show notes for you to reach out if you need help. Here at the end of our podcast, we like to answer a big question. 
Jennifer, what's our big question today? Today's big question is from A, who asks, what would you say has changed between your first day homeschooling and today? <laughs> That's a huge question for us since we've been doing it for so long. A long time. <laughs> for sure. I know that oh, I can goodness. say we started off much more formal at the very beginning, for sure. I tried to emulate public school at the beginning because that's all I knew. And I went to school and some of my older kids went to school for a few years. So I just, I didn't know that much. And I thought that's what you had to do. So we definitely went from that at the beginning to pretty much completely unschooling at this point. And it was a transition. It wasn't just overnight either. So that's a huge difference from the beginning for me. What about you guys? Um, well, for me, starting in 1993, like I said, it wasn't technically legal. So we didn't mm -hmm. go out during the day very much. Um, we gave our school a name, which was advice from uh, Texas Homeschool Coalition at the time was to give your school a name so that if somebody if you did have to go out, like, say, you know, you needed something for lunch <laughs> um, and they asked about it, you could say, oh, yeah, you know, my kids attend a private school because yeah. Texas homeschools are private schools and it's not in session today. Uh, just so you didn't have to get involved in these conversations. Um, now, my goodness, like almost everybody knows about homeschooling and they don't think it's weird anymore if you're out in public. So I think that's one of the biggest changes that mm -hmm. you, we don't feel like we're under that microscope as much where you have to, yeah. I wouldn't let my kids go out with me if they didn't look really nice. I'd be like, you cannot go out in those torn jeans and you're looking <laughs> Like we need to represent ourselves. I don't want people to yeah. think homeschoolers are, you know, I can't handle. And plus, plus I had so many kids. So like, I don't want people to think uh, I don't know how to handle my kids, but it was also just, yeah. you felt like you were really being looked at a lot. You were, you, know? mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you were under so scrutiny. I think, yeah. So I think it, that's, that's a big difference to me. What about you, Melody? I think that uh, resources, there are so many more resources. Oh, yeah. Now. Because we decided oh, yeah. to homeschool in 85, and then my son turned five in 88 when my daughter was born. That's when we homeschooled. And I think the first book fair we went to had 12 vendors. So mm -hmm. there are a lot, lot more choices now, which is sometimes a little more difficult because you have more choices to make. But mm -hmm. it's so much easier now to find something that will fit and will work yeah. for your family. And, you know, we um, because I had been a classroom teacher, I kind of knew I did not want to replicate that model. Mm -hmm. And so we started off in kind of a free will and unit study thing, which that part continued for a long time. But I think the biggest thing is it's so much easier to find community and you can find yes. resources for anything. It's yeah. amazing. You it's know, my biggest easier resource easier to connect with people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My biggest resource when we first started homeschooling was the teaching home magazine that came once a oh, month. Oh yes. <laughs> and my goodness, I look forward to that. When it came, I told the kids I'm taking a break and I'm going to read my magazine that was my support group you know and now yeah find me all over yeah I know they would go out to play I'd sit out there and read my magazine almost like cover to cover just about because mm -hmm. it's like there I am not the only one you <laughs> know mm -hmm. but that that's a, those are huge changes and even in the last few years we've seen big leaps forward in ways to do things like online classes. I wouldn't yeah. even have the internet when I started. And so like, yeah, it's very different now. And I can and hear really people in the background saying you didn't have the internet. Don't tell us a dinosaur. Yeah. <laughs> we did start homeschooling in the dark ages, Melody. I know. So long ago. Um, but it's been good though, to watch 
to watch so many more people coming into homeschooling. You know, I know with the last few years, people were not really, that wasn't their plan. And they found themselves as homeschoolers. So many of them embraced it and are learning to make it be part of their lifestyle and not this separate little thing that they do. And so I guess it's been fun to watch it grow and change over the years. Yeah. Before we go, we want to leave you with a few reminders. If you want to support us here and help us grow, it would be great if you'd help new people find our show by leaving us a five-star review and sharing new episodes on social media. Remember that you can get 20% off the cost of your Transcript Maker subscription with our exclusive coupon code HAPPY. That's H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. If you have any questions or comments, you can email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at happyhomeschoolpod. If you want to learn more about anything we've discussed today, check the show notes in the episode description or go to our brand new website, www.happyhomeschoolerpodcast.com. Next episode, we'll be discussing the delicate topic of handling intrusive family members. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Melody. I'm Jennifer. And I'm Holly. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Melody Gillum. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-hosts are Jennifer Jones and Holly williams Erbal. This podcast was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Solway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find more of her work on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or, as always, tell people about us. To keep in mind, it's temporary. Hello? Um, yeah, I was like, oh, <laughs> no, what, what happened? I didn't it's know if I wasn't hearing. We're done. <laughs> Finished. <laughs> <laughs>